Hello! Thanks for joining us for a new Peter's Children adventure. This week's story, Pearson Learns to Listen, is filled with intrigue and suspense. And you'll learn that there's a distinction between hearing and listening. Speaking of listening, as you listen to this week's story, listen for a hymn title or a line from the hymn, and if you recognize its name, email us at whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. The name of the hymn in last week's story, The Peter's Children Eat Too Many Sweets, was Go Down Moses. Caleb, Kaylee, and David of Ephrata, Pennsylvania sent in the correct answer, and we have sent them a prize. So let's hear it for them! Now before we get to the story, I want to remind you, if you haven't listened, ah, there's that word again, huh, to all the episodes, you can go back and look up the titles that you haven't heard and listen to them for the first time. Or you can even listen to them again. One of my favorites is Pearson Peters and the Bad Company. And another one that I really like is Penelope Gets Lost in the Woods. So check them out. It's time to listen to this week's story. Pearson learns to listen. Pearson was panting for air as he placed one foot in front of the other. He was exhausted and running on fumes. He was doing everything he possibly could to get to the top of Mount Haleakala to save his sister from certain doom. He had no doubt but that Penelope, who was in the clutches of Redbeard and his band of ne'er-do-well pirates, was probably bravely resisting, but would still be awaiting Pearson's courageous fight. The crisis had begun after the shipwreck of their cruising vessel, when Daddy and Mama Peters, Pearson, Penelope, Patience, and Priscilla had barely escaped off the shores of Maui onto a small dinghy. Their vacation had commenced when they had departed from Maui during the last week in January and were looking forward to a month of relaxing on the island until a storm had destroyed their yacht. Their shipwreck landed on the shore of Wailea, and Daddy and Mama Peters took Patience and Priscilla and told Pearson and Penelope to stay in a small cave awaiting word. Daddy and Mama had hoped to find food somewhere more inland and left Pearson to tend to the fire and Penelope to gather more kindling. Pearson, a strapping boy of eight, glanced around the cave and noticed some markings on the wall. He cautioned Penelope to stay close and set about to explore a bit inside to secure the area. Penelope, in her soaking wet gown, nodded and dutifully scoured the grounds for firewood, making sure to stay close to the cave. She didn't notice much wood, but there were plenty of dried palm leaves and old coconut shells, with which she started a small fire. However, she knew that if she were to keep the combustion going, they would need more than dried palm leaves and old coconut shells. She waited patiently and poked at the fire as Pearson searched inside of the cave with a makeshift torch. He studied the wall markings and could make out rudimentary figures of people and animals and even a ship. He discerned that the markings were telling a story. One of the drawings was of a man with a beard hovering over several people who appeared to be digging for something. Pearson had more than a layman's understanding of archaeology, having been on a few expeditions of his own. He had a treasure trove of knowledge of world civilizations and history, and could hold his own with even the world's most renowned archaeologists with regard to evidence of certain historical events. So it came as little surprise, as Pearson studied the drawings further, that what he was viewing was recent evidence of Redbeard and his pirates sacking the island of Maui. For Pearson, it was easily discernible that Redbeard was on a quest for treasure, and he was employing the use of brutality and slavery of the local people to find Chief Pamakua's hidden gold. 
He understood that Redbeard was fierce and would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. The markings on the wall were so fresh that Pearson knew his family was in immediate danger if they did not escape the island and fast. Pearson had no sooner thought about the fate of his family when he heard a shriek. Pearson! Help! At the mouth of the cave. Penelope! Pearson thought. He could recognize his dear sister's scream anywhere. He unsheathed the dagger that was attached to his belt and raced toward the cave's entrance. What he saw at the front of the cave alarmed him greatly, and he had to think fast to avoid his own demise. Redbeard himself was clutching the arm of Penelope, who was furiously hitting him with her free fist. Surrounded by about thirty pirates, most of whom were sporting eye patches and head rags, Pearson realized he would have to be clever enough to free his sister from this worthless rabble. So as quickly as he had raced to the front of the cave, Pearson parkoured off the large jutting rock at the entrance and did a backflip just behind one of the less vigilant pirates, grabbing him around the neck and shoving his dagger point right to the jugular without breaking the skin. Let her go, Redbeard, or say goodbye to one of your minions, Pearson shouted at Redbeard without an ounce of fear. Arg! I knew you'd be looking somewhere. You're always spoiling my plans. Redbeard had heard of the exploits of Pearson the Brave many times over the years. Let her go, Redbeard, and release these other prisoners, Pearson sternly ordered, nodding toward a small band of dejected citizens. Or what, laddie? Redbeard lifted his voice and laughed loudly. <laughs> Pearson sensed that Redbeard knew something he didn't. Or I'll dispatch with one of your pirates. Pearson the Brave meant business. Go right ahead, matey. Cockeye Jay is of no use to me anymore. Ugh! Redbeard taunted. The craggy-faced pirate didn't seem to have even a little bit of interest in the fate of Cockeye Jay, the pirate who Pearson clenched in his closed fist. And the truth was, Pearson was a firm believer in justice and would not so easily take the life of another, even that of a pirate. However, before Pearson had time to consider his next step, Redbeard and his thirty pirates continued their ascent up the mountain, ignoring Pearson and Cockeye Jay. With reluctance, Pearson released Cockeye Jay. Where is Redbeard going? demanded Pearson. He went to find the treasure, laddie. It's supposed to be buried up on top of Mount Haleakala. He was interrupted on his journey when he heard your wee little sister singing a lovely tune. He said her sweet voice would boost the morale of his men while the others were doing their diggings. Arg! Even though Cockeye Jay seemed ready to tell all, now that his life had been redeemed by Pearson, still, Pearson had a bit of difficulty understanding all the pirate talk. And he had no loyalty to you, Pearson noted. Cockeye Jay looked down in shame. Aye, Redbeard knows no loyalties. Pearson wasn't completely familiar with pirate talk, but of one thing he was absolutely certain. Penelope was in trouble, and she needed Pearson the Brave. Well, be off with you now. I have to go save my sister. Pearson began to dash up the mountain, an old volcano that had erupted a couple hundred years before that. But Haleakala was still active, despite its deceptive silence, and Pearson was not about to lose a sister to spewing ash and lava. Pearson's thirst began to get the better of him as his exhaustion began to kick in. He stopped briefly and noticed a small trickle of mountain water, and gathered as much as he could in his leather pouch, guzzling all there was, and continuing his journey to save Penelope. As he reached the top, he saw Redbeard and his men whipping some of the citizens, who, because of their exhaustion, were not making much progress at the diggings. And there stood Penelope, 
her hands tied behind her back, standing stubbornly at the mouth of the volcano, in silence, clearly defying Redbeard's demands that she sing. Redbeard, in a fit of rage, grabbed hold of one of the older men and raced toward the mountain of the volcano to drop him down into the darkness of death, as a lesson to Penelope, when suddenly Pearson shouted at the top of his lungs, Let him go, Redbeard! Pearson had a large stone in his right hand, which was cocked and ready to fling at Redbeard at a moment's notice. Oh, it's you again! Arg! You're like a pesky flea that won't quit biting me rump, laddie! And with that, Redbeard continued to shove the older man toward the volcano. Pearson could see his command went unheeded, so he reared back and hurled the rock in a perfect trajectory toward Redbeard's head. It hit hard, and Redbeard released the man from his clutches, simultaneously tripping as he began to fall backward into oblivion. In the distance, Pearson heard his name being called, Pearson Peters! Pearson Peters! Is the X two or four? Mr. Richardson's tone was a bit impatient, indicating that this was not the first time he had asked the question. Uh, Pearson mumbled. He realized he had daydreamed almost the entire duration of the math class so far. He was completely lost in thought, and Mr. Richardson looked most unhappy. Pearson, I would entreat you to try to stay with us when I'm giving explanations in math class. It's not helpful to you, and it is a waste of my time to have to remind you to listen. Mr. Richardson's voice softened, as he seemed to really understand that sometimes listening is difficult. Especially on Talk Like a Pirate Day, Pearson nodded respectfully. I'm sorry, Mr. Richardson. I think that X is supposed to be two. That's correct. Mr. Richardson was pleased that Pearson's mathematical prowess had kicked in, and he could at least surmise well. Pearson knew he had done wrong, and would have to try extra hard to listen for the last bit of class. Of course, at the end of class, Mr. Richardson called Pearson up and gave him a reminder that he needed to listen better. Pearson, listening is not the same as hearing. I have noticed that you seem to get easily lost in some other world, but you need to discipline yourself and listen. Anyone can listen well when the content is interesting, but it's usually best when the content is needed. Please listen next time. When Pearson got home from school that day, he knew he would have a hard time avoiding Mama Peter's questions and would surely have to tell her about his listening problems. But before he could even get in the door, Daddy Peters was out in the front, shoveling snow and yelled out a command. Pearson, who was still preoccupied thinking about Mr. Richardson, mindlessly grabbed the bag of salt and began salting where Daddy Peters had been pointing. Pearson! Did you not even hear what I said? Daddy Peters raced over. You said something about salt. Right, Daddy? Pearson answered. Piers, I said I wanted you to shovel some of the excess salt and bring it to where I was shoveling. I don't think we need too much. Buddy, please don't assume you hear me. Listen. Pearson had heard the word listen a few too many times and felt stung by the reminder, even though Daddy Peters was right. Daddy perceived that Pearson was not having a great day and moments later encouraged him. Head inside and grab a cookie and greet Mama and the girls. Then come on out and help me. Pearson walked toward the house, and his mood lightened at seeing little Priscilla and Patience kicking sweetly on the floor. He bent down and began playing with them. Mama Peters walked over and greeted him. Piers, I want to hear all about your day, but I need you to go get a rag and clean up Priscilla's mouth while I feed Patience. Pearson, again distracted by all that was on his mind, pulled down Priscilla's sweatpants and slowly changed her diaper. 
thank you for changing her. But why did you do that? Mama Peters asked, watching Pearson, who barely answered. All right, Mama. I'm going to get some water, Pearson mumbled. Pearson, what are you talking about? Pearson snapped out of it. I'm sorry, Mama. What is it that you were saying? Pearson, you seem very distracted, and you aren't listening again. What is going on? That was all the encouragement Pearson needed. Hardly taking a breath, he launched into the story of Mr. Richardson and all about his listening problems that day. He told Mama all about Redbeard and his daydream and how it was so hard not to think about it. Mama listened patiently, and only when Pearson seemed to have gotten it all out did she finally answer, Well, buddy, I think you have a pretty good math teacher in Mr. Richardson. He knows that listening is a discipline. It is not easy. Listening is giving careful attention to another person. Listening shows love and respect. When we remember that listening is not all about us, but really about showing love and respect, we are wise. Proverbs 4 talks about listening to instruction to gain understanding. When we listen well, we also reap a harvest of understanding. I've often noticed that you don't listen well. I don't, Mama? No, you don't, buddy. There are times when Daddy and I will instruct you, and you don't listen for the entire instructions. You're all too willing to tell us long stories about your dreams or your imaginations, but you don't want to listen to anybody else. Though you're my son, and I love you to pieces, I can't say everything you say is interesting. Everything anyone says is not interesting, but we listen because it shows you love and respect. It is important that you do the same for others. But Mama Peters, I can't help it when really cool stories pop into my mind. Pearson was genuine in his concern. No one can help what pops into their minds, but everyone can help putting it back out of our mind for what is more immediate. So when something interesting pops into your mind, but you are in the middle of hearing someone else, ask God to help you put your more interesting things out of your mind for the sake of listening to others, because that's putting the interest of others ahead of our own interests. Okay, Mama Peters, I'm going to work on that. Pearson felt encouraged by the talk and knew that with God's help, he could begin to listen well while others talked. Two days later, Pearson found himself in the clutches of Redbeard on top of Mount Haleakala. Only this time, it was in the middle of Pastor Felsdow's sermon on Exodus 2. Pearson's imagination had him working hard at wriggling his hands out of the knots at his backside as he planned a sneak attack on the pirate and his men. When he happened to glance at Daddy Peters, who was staring straight at Pearson. Pearson snapped too, and realized he was again giving into his own desires to think about more fun things, rather than to give attention to another, more needful thing. He knew that in that moment, he was exalting his own desires far above somebody else's. He remembered the talk with Mama Peters, and it was almost as though he could hear her voice. Pearson, listening is giving careful attention to another's words. Listening shows love and respect. Pearson prayed a quick prayer. Lord, I don't want to listen right now. I know all about Moses, and I've heard about the burning bush, and I'd rather think about Redbeard and throwing him down into the volcano's mouth. But would you help me put aside my own selfishness to listen to somebody else? Help me to honor you by disciplining my mind, like Mama Peters told me. Forgive me, Lord, for not listening. Determined, Pearson listened to the remainder of Pastor Felsdow's message. And boy, what a message it was. 
God had told Moses he was going to free the Egyptians, and Moses seemed like a guy who would rather listen than speak. The exact opposite of Pearson. Moses was scared to be bold in his words, but God already knew that about Moses and was calling him to trust him no matter what. Pearson was all too aware that God knew of his own selfishness and his own weaknesses and his lack of discipline of his mind and his desire to escape boredom using his imaginations. But God had better things for Pearson. He wanted Pearson to listen. Listening would bear much greater fruit in Pearson's life than thinking about pirates. Pearson was so thankful for Moses and for Aaron and for God's kindness in knowing the sin of his people, and yet still calling them to holiness. God never asked Pearson to do anything too hard for him. He gave Pearson the ability to be selfless and listen. Now Pearson just had to be faithful and trust that God knows best. Pearson sang heartily to the closing hymn, Ferris, Lord Jesus, knowing that Jesus would continue to empower him to walk in grace and to continue to be sanctified in his listening and in all areas of his life. And it suddenly dawned on Pearson, the best listener of all is Jesus. When he'd had a bad day in math class, Pearson knew he could pour out his heart to Jesus at any moment of any day and that Jesus would never interrupt him or cut him off or get bored with Pearson, or talk over him. But he would listen to all of what Pearson had to say. The thought made his heart sing all the louder through his voice. Thee will I cherish, thee will I honor, thou my soul's glory, joy, and crown. Welcome to Grandmom's Corner. Man, could I relate to Pearson's daydreaming and tuning out. Sometimes, when I'm in a conversation, I'll sort of look around or get distracted and not give the person the courtesy of listening intently. And even in church sometimes, the pastor is really good and God's word is spectacular. But I'll get lost in thought and maybe think of what I have to do after church or what I have to do during the week. It takes work to discipline your mind. And sometimes I get lazy. It's easier to let my mind wander rather than to train it to be a good listener. Sometimes not listening can get us in trouble. For example, it's extremely important to listen to directions and instructions and not to tune out our parents or our teacher when they're talking to us. Recently, one of my sons-in-law was telling me about the time he was getting ready to change the oil in his truck. Instead of listening intently to the instructions beforehand, he decided to get started because he assumed it was an easy job and that he knew what to do. He isn't a mechanic, but he's very good at figuring out how to fix things. Before he changed his oil, he heard some instructions, but he allowed his mind to get lazy and he didn't listen well. If he had listened intently, he would have known that you need to drain the old oil first before replacing it with new oil, but he didn't do that. Instead, he got down on the ground and scooted under his truck. The first thing he did was he unscrewed the oil filter. Now remember, the old oil was still in there. When he unscrewed the oil filter, suddenly oil began to spurt and spray all over the place, all over his arms and his face. Car oil is thick and black and gunky, and it makes a huge mess. It was all over his driveway, which made a big old stain. Oil is hard to remove from concrete. He could have avoided all of that 
had he taken the time to really listen and take heed and pay attention. So what about you? Are you a good listener? In the Old Testament, the people of Israel heard the words of the prophets and their leaders, but they didn't take them to heart. Deuteronomy 13.4 is a command of the nation of Israel. It says, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear Him, and you shall keep His commandments, listen to His voice, serve Him, and cling to Him. The Israelites would hear the command to listen to God and serve Him, and they would often promise to obey God, but invariably they would serve fake gods and idols. They had heard with their ears, but they hadn't listened. Proverbs 12.15 compares a wise person with a fool. Listen to what it says. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man or person is he who listens to counsel. So, don't be a fool. Listen to people who know more than you, like your parents and your teachers. And when you mess up, like Pearson, be humble and confess your sin of not listening and not heeding what wise people tell you. And like Pearson, Ask God to help you be a better listener. Next week, the Lord willing, we'll have a new story for you. And we'd love you to join us. Bye for now.